Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope. I am so glad that you joined us today. As every time I interview somebody, it's so exciting to hear their story of when they were in a place of hopelessness and were able to turn it around to be a place of hopefulness. And so I'm thankful for each of my guests who have come from so many different places in the world to share their stories. And I'm so thankful also for my guests because without you, we wouldn't have a show. Thank you for your comments, for your reviews, and for your support. It is so much appreciated. Never Ever Give Up Hope is now in over 120 countries, and I'm so thankful that we are reaching so many corners of this globe with the message of hope. Thank you. With me today, I have Carrie Fulmore. Carrie is a speaker and a medical intuitive. Now, I have never heard that before when I was reading her bio. It's very interesting, and I'm sure you're going to appreciate what she has to share and also be uh, have probably lots of questions, which hopefully we'll be able to answer today. She helps people connect to the root of their health and emotional blockages using a blend of medical intuition, functional medicine, and nutrition. So today, Carrie is here to share her story about her own health storm, or if she can restore her poor health, anyone can. She was in a place of definite hopelessness. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Carol. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're so welcome, and I'm excited to hear what you have to share. So let's start with before the health crisis. Were you in general good health? I was in great health. Um, I was running five days a week. I was a health nut. So, I mean, I was eating all organic food and, um, you know, taking time to rest. I got great sleep. Uh, I was happy, great marriage, two wonderful kids. So generally speaking, I kind of felt like I had it all at that time in my life. And um, I had just moved across the country from British Columbia to Ontario. And, um, you know, I was excited to open up a clinic and and just start a whole new chapter of my life. So generally speaking, I was in great condition. So what happened when all of a sudden you were attacked with something that was very foreign? 
So I remember this moment like it was yesterday. It was December 2012, and my daughter was 10 months old. And I was just laying her down on the ground to, to change her, and I stood up. And in that moment, just like a switch, a light switch turned off. Mm. I had burning body-wide nerve pain, and it felt like battery acid had been poured all over my oh, body. Oh, my word. So it happened in a split second, and I went through tremors in my um, inside my body. It felt kind of like a car engine was vibrating in my body. I felt like I had been twisted up, kind of like a wet towel. So my body felt kind of twisted and contorted, almost like my posture had just collapsed. And um, my muscles would pop like popcorn all over my body. Oh, my goodness. Was this all happening at the same time? All at the same time. So it was in a, it was just in a moment's time. My life went from being joyous and completely normal. I was 33 to an absolute, at the time, nightmare. You Okay, first of all, let, let, take us through it step by step. So this happened, you were... You were changing your baby. So what happened? Like you're going through this. I'm assuming you were in great fear. I was panicked. Um, I, I literally went into a state of shock. I called for my husband. Uh, he tried to, you know, c- keep me calm. Um, you know, he's like, why don't we just go lay down and we'll go to bed and maybe you'll wake up and you'll feel better tomorrow. Only I could not sleep. My body was just screaming at me in pain. And I was definitely in a state of um, fear. All I could feel was this fear welling up inside me. And rightfully so, when your body just goes from one thing to the other and you have no idea what's going on, you, you, you panic. And so the next day when I got up out of bed... It was all still there when I opened my eyes, and so I decided to go to the ER. I thought, that's where people go when something (laughs) tragic is happening. So um, I went to the ER, and they checked me over, you know, took my pulses, um, checked my pupils, um, you know, checked in my mouth, pretty much everywhere they could think of and my heart was fine, and they just told me that they couldn't find anything and that I should follow up with my family doctor, that by all accounts and purposes, I was um, normal, and that I should just go home and take some Advil, and, and, um, you know, perhaps this would go away. (laughs) So no alarm signals were sent off? No, uh, they... I don't know if it was, I was living in a small town at the time. The hospital was quite small, the population small. So I don't know if it was just that because there was no red flags, Mm. they didn't really, you know, they weren't going to investigate further. Mm -hmm. In Canada, everything is um, government health care. So you really have to jump through a lot of hoops before you can get to the right 
you know, the right uh, doctor. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, you know, they're not going to take my blood or give me an MRI right there on the spot. Um, You really have to get on a waiting list in Canada. So, as you can imagine, I waited many, many, many months for a lot of these tests. And how did it, did it proceed to get worse or better or stay the same? So, it's for the first year that I had this, it stayed at a state of awful. I would call it like 12 out of 12 on, on a scale of pain. And um, it wasn't getting any better. I went to many doctors. I went to my general practitioner. I had MRIs. I went to neurologists. I saw naturopaths. I saw healers, I um, even psychics. Um, I pretty much, anything you could think of, I did it. I had blood tests, MRIs, CAT scans, um, just a whole battery of tests. And everything came back normal. Not one thing was wrong. They couldn't find anything wrong with me. And I remember my neurologist said to me, I think this must be postpartum depression. Oh, my word. I was just going to ask you if, if they gave you some crazy diagnosis. Yes. He said, I can't find anything wrong with you. So the logical thing here is that you have postpartum depression. And here's some medication. And, you know, go home and, and, and come back in six weeks. You'll feel normal. So needless to say, I knew that it definitely was not that. I was not a depressed person. I didn't take the medication and I hit a place of utter hopelessness. Well, what were you going through as far as, um, like, I understand the emotion part, but also the physical part, like what were you not able to do? I'm assuming you couldn't run anymore. I couldn't run anymore. I also could not barely even walk around the block. Um, because my body just felt so twisted up. Um, I didn't actually have muscle pain. It was all, um, it all felt like central nervous system pain to me. Um, lots of burning and um, searing pain. Um, and I couldn't, I could no longer um, get out of bed to look after my children. Um, I would stay in bed often for three quarters of the day, um, lots and lots and lots of tears. My husband mm. took over looking after the kids, working, cooking, cleaning. So God bless his soul. He was a real big support for uh, me to go through what I had to go through. And um, yeah, but my life sort of went on pause. Um, at 33, I mm. had big dreams to travel and um you know i kind of liked to move around a little bit um i never stayed situated in one spot for too long and you know i realized that i couldn't do those things and i couldn't play with my kids um at the park even pushing them on the swing or uh, you know just chasing them around having fun with them like you normally would and i felt I felt like I was no good to anybody and that my life 
you know, I, I couldn't see a way out. My life was feeling quite hopeless at the time because in my mind, if, if the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with me, how would I ever fix myself? What kind of, what level of fear would you say you were coping with at this point? I was in a complete state of panic. So, I mean, the fear was a 10 out of 10. Every day I would, I would just, I would say to my husband, like, I am so scared. This is never going to go away. How am I ever going to show up to life like this? I have such a long life ahead of me. I can't imagine this is going to be the rest of my life. So I was quite fearful. Did any doctor or any um, alternative doctor give you any idea like of what, what it could be? Did you have any clue, like something you could research or... Absolutely not. I had nothing. So from all the people I had seen to that point, I had nothing. Um, You know, some naturopaths would, well, let's look, let's look at your digestion. Let's work on your digestion because the school of thought was if your digestion wasn't working properly, then the rest of your body could perhaps not be working properly. Um, You know, but everything was fine. Um, all my blood tests were normal. So, yeah. I mean, nobody could really figure it out. Did they ever? They never figured it out. To this day, I do not have a name for what happened. And how long did it last? It lasted five years. Oh, my word. Yeah. Um, but the good news is that I wasn't in um, that for that first two years, I was, that was my state of panic, shock, 12 out of 12 pain. And, um, I call it the the health storm because it it came in like a tornado. Mm -hmm. It was just unreal to me. But as I moved through, uh, things and, and begin to figure out certain things for myself, um, the pain started to lessen. Okay, well, talk to us about that journey. Okay, so um, what I started to do is I realized that, number one, if I was in panic and fear and I didn't have a belief that I could get better because how could I get better if I didn't know what was wrong, um, that I had to change that because... It, it just seemed to me that if I didn't have faith and hope, then I couldn't really ch- turn it around. So that was the first thing I did is I had to inspire hope and faith in myself, um, a belief in, in the possibility that I could heal and that I could find healing. So I um, started to listen to podcasts of people who've had miraculous healings. I started to read self-help books, a lot of Hay House books. Um, and it just, it, it gave me a, um, a newfound hope within myself. Mm. Because if those people could turn their lives around, why couldn't I? So that was the first thing I did. Okay. And I realized after reading other people's stories and listening to stories that people had two things in common. One was that they had a belief that they could heal. And number two was that 
they meditated to get quiet with themselves. So that was a really big eye-opener for me, and I realized that perhaps I should copy that, that if they had all used those tools to figure out what was wrong or get through their storm, that I should copy it and do it myself. And so that's exactly what I did. I started to meditate every day. And the first thing that I did is I really just started to breathe deeply. I focused on my breath. And I would do that until my body, I almost forgot I had a body, which is really, really hard when it's screaming in pain. And then I would put my focus and attention on my heart, like literally that area around your heart. And I would focus on something that brought me unconditional love. So for me, that was the moment that my daughter was born. And I just remember that feeling and just pull it into my body because to me, joy and love was the opposite of fear and pain. So I would just really just sit in that feeling in my mind. And it was like in that moment of peace and joy that I decided that it was time that I figured out what was going on for myself. And so I started to ask myself simply, like really simple questions. Body, why is this happening to me? And what I found was that when I came from that place of quietude and love, that right away as if from some wise place in myself, I would get an answer. And I might not understand the answer at first, but I would definitely get an answer. And the first answer I got was that I didn't love myself. I really did that thought, come as a shock? It did. It really came as a shock. And I had to think about it because I was like, wait a minute, I, I love my life. You know, I have, I have a great life. But when I really, really thought about it, I realized that I was really hard on myself. Um, you know, as we all can be, we, I would look in the mirror and I'd find things that I didn't like about myself or I would compare myself to other people or, um, you know, even be afraid Mm -hmm. of, of being judged. So I started to work on self-love and for me, that looked like simply just when I'm looking in the mirror, staring into my eyes and just telling myself that I love you and you'll giggle at first Mm -hmm. but (laughs) you know um, I started to be gentler on myself I started to listen to those thoughts and that was really great because I felt a sense of um, relief but the pain still wasn't gone Um, it had downgraded a little bit I think when you're in a more peaceful place pain will be less than when you're in a fear right. state. So it did downgrade a little bit, and I was really, uh, you know, I, I'm on to something here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other thing um, was that I didn't give up. So every day I would keep meditating, connecting in with myself and asking myself what it is that I needed to do. And one day... I just realized from that voice inside myself that 
I had to heal my skeletal frame. So my, my spine, um, it was out of alignment. And that was, that was what my intuition was telling me. Now, I'd had these MRIs that told me that everything in my spine was completely normal. Remarkable is what it said. And um, so I found, I, because my intuition told me that my upper neck was out of alignment, um, I went and saw an upper cervical chiropractor and I found a world-renowned one because I wasn't going to go to someone who didn't really know what they Mm -hmm. were doing. And he took x-rays and he confirmed that I had an upper cervical misalignment um, where my two discs were going opposite ways. So it was making my body twisted, Hmm. which was that what I explained in the beginning there, how I felt all twisted up and I couldn't really walk. And so he started giving me adjustments. And within a few weeks, my pain was probably down to about a 6 out of 10. So... I was starting to get a lot of relief, mostly in the daytime when my when I was busy. Um, I could have a little bit of a life back. I could, you know, walk again. I could cook dinner. I could um, I could do all these things. So, but I did that for a couple years, and I never got fully better. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I just started, I just started to ask myself more questions. And what I realized is that because I was having all this central nervous system pain, that maybe I should ask where that's coming from. And right away, my body told me that I had to heal my brain. So to me, how do you heal your brain? That was my first question. Like, I have no idea at this point, through all my training, you know, I, I learned that, you know, fish oils can help heal the brain or, um, you know, different nutrients like mm-hmm. bone broths and things like that. And um, so I implemented all those things, but I really wasn't getting any change. So I started to research it and I literally typed into Google how to heal my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and... I can imagine what kind of response you got. I know, right? Um, But it was was like there was some divine intervention or something because what popped up in front of me was chiropractic neurology or functional neurology, um, as it's sometimes called. And so I clicked on it. What popped up was this man named Dr. Carrick who had healed Sidney Crosby's brain. He's a famous hockey player from a concussion and I watched the little video and all of this the hairs stood up on my my like on my arms on my neck and I knew within every fiber of my being that this was what I needed to do so I found a functional neurologist who lived an hour from me And I started to see her. And functional neurology is essentially brain retraining. So it helps your brain to grow new neural networks around old programs. Because when you've been in pain for a long time, your brain can change. And so I had to reprogram those areas to fire properly again. Hmm. So it's otherwise called neuroplasticity. And 
A functional neurologist will do specific tests to pinpoint the different areas of your brain that are misfiring. And then they give you eye and hand exercises and um, different things that you can do at home as well as when you see them to target those areas of the brain. It was within three weeks of functional neurology that I had no more pain. It was, oh my it was like it was over. And the whole point of that, I mean, I couldn't even believe that simple eye exercises was enough to heal my body. And it really blew my mind. But the whole, the major thing that blew my mind was just that nobody told me that I could heal my body doing this. Mm. And it was only when I connected inwards and took my power back, connected to my intuition, that I could really figure out what was going on in my body. And I think it's absolutely necessary to see doctors and and naturopaths or whomever you need to see. But I think where we sort of lose ourselves is that we never stop, or at least a lot of people don't stop to sit with themselves and ask themselves what they need. Mm-hmm. We haven't been taught to do that. We've been taught to immediately go to someone else. Um, That's a I good point. Mm-hmm. And so now I like to help people to connect to their intuition so that they can heal their lives, whether that's from relationship issues, financial issues, health issues are my specialty. I absolutely enjoy it. People, everybody is in, intuitive. We all have an intuitive gift. Um, some people might call it their gut feeling. You know, you might go to do something and your gut and your alarm bells are like, I shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's your right. intuition talking. How, do, how does intuition differ from conscience? Well, your conscience is, I, I feel, is, I guess it's its a part of a protective mechanism, but it also is part of your core beliefs and values. Whereas your intuition is something that I like to say is, comes from your higher self. So I feel like it's your soul's wisdom. Now, what did the doctor say when you went back for your regular medical checkup or whatever, and you're fine? She, in my... GP, my general practitioner, she was absolutely happy for me. What she said to me was that I'm so glad that you kept coming to see me because I have learned so much from you. (laughs) You know, other than being happy for me, she just was in (laughs) awe. You weren't a um, poster girl now for for rare nerve disease or anything like that, that they're going to use you, you know, to do research or no, 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 no recognition in that area at all. (laughs) Nothing. No, I had like their nerve conduction tests done and, and that those were even normal. So I literally was an anomaly. (laughs) So let's ask a question that possibly somebody may be thinking. And that is, do you think that it could have been psychosomatic? Absolutely. Um, There is a huge part of me that believes there was some psychosomatic issues or part of me that um, triggered this. You know, I'm trying to, when I put myself back into that person I was before I went through the health storm and I thought that I was this really healthy person, 
I realized later that I actually maybe was a little bit stressed out because I had a lot going on in my life. I realized that I actually didn't take the time for self-care as much as I should have. To me, I think it was more of like an a tipping point, like a stress and overwhelm tipping point that broke. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. As you remember, I had a 10-month-old. Yes. I had just moved across the country. Yes. I was just opening up a clinic. Um, I was actually looking after my sister who had fibromyalgia. I had just moved to a new town, so I didn't have a lot of friends there. Um, I think I was in overwhelm in some ways, and okay. I didn't even know or recognize it because I never stopped to think about it. How did your kids respond to everything that was going on during the really bad times? <sighs> they were so sweet. My one daughter would draw me little cards with rainbows on them, and her words were, there's a rainbow on every side of the storm. Aww. Like, what a beautiful... I, mean, I never taught her that. That was just... <laughs> I can't believe how amazing children are and mm. they would come and lay with me and, you know, snuggle me and my one daughter would tell me not to worry. You know, you never want to put that on your children, right. but I think that they learned a lot from it. A lot of about, um, I think it'll make them more compassionate and more caring in their life. Not that they weren't already. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now tell us what... I, I know you've kind of answered it already, but but give us a little more detail on what Intuitive Health Solutions is. So that is a business that um, I am co-owner with my husband, Adam Fulmore. We do, we help people all over the world uh, heal their bodies with medical intuition. We also help them to connect to their inner voice, to that intuitive part of themselves through health coaching. Uh, There's a few ways that people can um, work with us so they can get a medical intuitive reading. I do also do functional medicine for those that would prefer a little bit more of the scientific part of it. What is functional medicine? So functional medicine is sort of a blend of somewhat like naturopathic medicine, but by using more of scientific lab testing. So rather than just looking at the symptoms, we might look at your symptoms and we might say, okay, I'm really seeing a pattern of hormone imbalance here. And we might try and heal that. But if things aren't kind of working, we can actually do like a saliva hormone test or a urinalysis to see exactly what hormones are off. So we kind of don't guess. We just send it into the lab. So what kind of coaching uh, do you give? And do you give it online? Um, is it by telephone? What services do you offer? So currently, I work with people over the phone um, from all over the world. We do sometimes just an hour medical intuitive reading. Um, and then other times, I do like a coaching program with people where um, I'm coaching them on not only healing their bodies, their emotions, their lives, but also um, helping them to connect to their inner voice. Because often I find that if you can just show people little steps to go through, they're really, really good at getting, you know, at hearing that inner voice. And that's all they need is just someone to show them. So I do coaching. Um, 
we are also in the process of putting together um, an, a course on how to connect to your intuitive um, side. So that'll be launching really soon where people can um, do it online from the comfort of their own home uh, and not, uh, I guess it would be at a very discounted price so that I, I, I want to be available to everybody. Okay. Have you had any real miracle kind of stories like your own that you've been able to help somebody? I actually helped my own sister to heal um, fibromyalgia. I've helped um, some people with multiple chemical sensitivity. So that's where every smell Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. bothers them and they can't even leave their house. Um, I've helped people heal chronic migraine headaches. I'm really good with chronic pain, I find, because I've been through it. So I I kind of, after years of... um, having it I kind of can hone in on it really well and sense. help people get right. to the bottom of it I've had success with chronic fatigue as well some of the things that I've worked well with I was just going to ask you if you're better now than you ever were before or did you like you said you were in really great health before this happened where would mm-hmm. you put yourself now I am in great health now and right now I'd say even better because my my mental emotional part of myself is at peace and I have a newfound hope, joy, and faith that I didn't necessarily have before. Okay. It grew who I am as a person in so many ways. And in the end, I feel like everything I went through was a gift. I wouldn't actually take it back at this point anymore. I'm very thankful for what it taught me because I can help so many other people now. Mm -hmm. I think that's so true with anybody that has gone through whatever type of trauma and to be able to turn that around and instead of pitying themselves for having gone through it, but to be thankful that not only did they make it through, but now they can use that uh, knowledge and encouragement and empathy to help others. And obviously that's what, what you're doing. You also have a very calmness about you, which I am guessing you did not have six, seven years ago. No. Yeah, I didn't have that. I think that I had a little bit more inner turmoil six or seven years ago. Okay. And, um, yeah, I would I I would get stressed out easily at small life problems. And now it's okay. I just let it go. <laughs> it's not worth it. Life is short. So. That's right. Now, is there anything you'd like to say in summary like to, you know, just kind of capsulize everything or anything else you want to add? Yeah, I am no different from anybody else. If I can do it, you absolutely can do it too. That's it. that's as simple as it gets in a nutshell in a nutshell okay that sounds like a call to action (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) very good well thank you so much carrie now i understand that you have a book in the works you want to tell us about that i do i'm right now i'm working on a book about my story and everything i did to connect to my intuition and heal and i'm also collaborating with some other people to Um, add in some of their stories. Um, My hope is to inspire hope in people in the dark night of the storm 
and to give them tools and ideas for where to go and, and maybe even what to ask themselves. I appreciate what you've shared and your attitude. Your, like I said, just your whole presence is, is very calm and reassuring and encouraging. And I know that you will definitely be able to help the different listeners that are going to be wanting to connect with you and they'll be able to do that from the show notes, of course, where all your connections will be. And I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us today, Carrie. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Oh, good. Goodbye. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.